Apparently, the number seven was a big number this week. That's right, big number. The New York Times ran a piece in the Sunday uh, conversation, and the title of it was, A Single Seven-Year Term for the President. And then the graphic that was listed next to that title had a number of other possible 7-4 replacements. Try a couple of these on. 701K. 720, 7-wheel drive, Connect 7, and my favorite of the whole bunch, College Basketball's Showcase renamed the Final 7. Isn't it wonderful as Jews when we arrive on Shabbat and the portion of the week, the Parsha, reflects a theme something that is up. This theme of seven, of course, appears very strongly in this week's reading, Bahar B'chukosai. It is the Shemitah Parsha, the Parsha of the sabbatical year. That seventh year, we'll get to that in a moment. And it begins like this. And God spoke to Moses Behar Sinai, at Mount Sinai, saying, and then giving the laws of the sabbatical year. Speak to Israel, say to them, when you come to the land which I give to you, the land will rest. Shabbat Ladonai, a Shabbat for Yud Vav In the seventh year, it will be the Sabbath of Sabbaths. Shabbat Shabbaton, Yeh Laaretz. Shabbat Ladonai, a Sabbath for Yud Vav One of the earliest commentators the Sifra in Parshat Bahar asks a question that becomes the question, not only in Jewish history, but the question in contemporary colloquial Hebrew. The phrase of the question becomes the way of saying, what does this have to do with anything? Ma'inyan Shmita Eitzel Har Sinai. The Midrash says, what does Shemitah, what does the sabbatical year have to do with Har Sinai? Of course, the Midrash is picking up on the odd locution. And God spoke to Moses, Behar Sinai. Weren't all of the mitzvot, all of the Torah given at Har Sinai? If all of the commandments were given at Sinai, why is Mount Sinai only mentioned here by Shemitah, the sabbatical year? And one answer that we can offer tonight, along with our friends at the great organization Chazon, the environmental organization, is that Shemitah is a revelation. Shemitah embodies a wisdom of its own. Shemitah has its own Torah. Shemitah has its own Torah. So what is Shemitah? Shemitah is, that I said, the biblically mandated sabbatical year. It is a year of rest and release. When agriculture and commerce are simultaneously readjusted to enable a more equitable, just, and healthy society. It is, in some ways, a utopic vision. What the world could be like, possibly. But certainly, Shemitah is a paradigm shift. I want to call it the Shemitah operating system. 
S-O-S. The core value of the Shemitah operating system, Shemitah paradigm, is that like Shabbat, which it is an expression of in an annual way, as Shabbat is the seventh day within a cycle of seven, and the Shemitah year is a seventh year in a cycle of seven years, like Shabbat, Shemitah is about surrender. Even if you've planned, even if you've prepared, even if you readied yourself for Shemitah or Shabbat, they aren't dependent on your preparation and your readiness. We don't stop when we are finished, says the Torah, or when we've completed all of our phone calls or all of our texts and all of our emails, all of our projects. We stop, says the Torah, says Shemitah, says Shabbat, because it's time to stop. If we only stop, says the Torah, if we only stop when we're finished with all of our work, guess what, everybody? We never stop. It's impossible. One task leads to another task. One phone call leads to another phone call. One baby's bottom changed. You see where I am. One floor clean leads to another spot. One life project births another life project, and it is simply impossible to finish. Lo alechem hamlachaligmor. We don't have the capacity to wait to stop until we're finished stopping. Shemitah and Shabbat dissolve the artificial urgency of our days because it liberates us from the need to be finished. We are liberated on Shabbat and Shemitah from the, the false idea that we can ever, ever arrive at a final place. Shemitah disrupts a theology of progress. The theology of progress says, though it is held in tension with Shemitah, if I work six days, why not seven? Why not eight? Why not 24 hours in a cycle? Why not all the time? This is what Wayne Mueller called hurtling towards the eschaton. Eschaton being the Greek word for the end of days. It's always going to be over there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And it keeps receding from my grasp. Shemitah is a check on the abuse of time. As the sun touches the horizon every Friday evening, or as we enter into the beginning of the Shemitah year, this coming Rosh Hashanah of 2014, we take the hand off of the plow, we put down the phone, we let the pen rest on the paper. We turn off the computer. We leave the mop in the bucket and the car in the driveway. We stop because there are forces larger than we that take care of the universe when we aren't. And while our efforts are important, they are necessary and useful, they are not and we are not indispensable. Our stopping allows us time to renew to rejuvenate, to refresh. And something miraculous happens when we stop, everybody. We get to feel the power 
that nature knows called dormancy. Dormancy. That that which is dormant, that which is holding, the heartbeat that rests instead of at 500 beats a minute and little mice at 30 beats a minute, the hibernating animals, all of winter, all of nature waiting and waiting and waiting, something miraculous happens in dormancy that can't happen when we're running. I read this story the other day about a woman who delighted in walking in the fields. She had a, a little farm, and there were wild herbs that were growing there, and she would pick them and bring them to her kitchen, and she would add fresh spice and fragrance to the evening supper from what she had. But she became interested in permaculture, and somehow, through learning the rules of permaculture, she sought to discover the most efficient and sustainable use for both her land and her animals. She was given the advice to change the grazing habits of her cattle. While previously the cattle had roamed freely over the entire field, they were told to pen the cattle in a small area to thoroughly graze and fertilize a small patch of land. Listen what happens. So the rest of the field would be in Shemitah, and only a little place was being worked. Later, they moved the pen to another spot, and they kept moving to all of her property and had this opportunity for all of the cattle to graze and fertilize little patches of land. After two years of this new grazing method, she went out in the early spring to check on the growth of her precious herbs, and to her astonishment, she found not only the few herbs that she had been familiar with, but a dozen new ones that had miraculously appeared apparently out of nowhere. Where had these herbs and grasses come from, she wondered. They appeared from within the earth of the field, seeds that had always been embedded in the soil, but because they had always been trodden underfoot by the relentless activity of the cows, they were never able to grow into their fullness. There are seeds inside each and every one of us there are seeds in this culture that cannot yet emerge because we don't know that dormancy does not mean death. That resting does not mean disappearing. What keeps us from stopping, what keeps me from stopping, what keeps us going all the time is that we are terrified of resting. We're afraid of the imagined terrible things we'll feel in the quiet. We fear that when we stop, even for a moment, the sheer enormity of our lives will overwhelm us. We'll be suffocated by its sorrows and its pains. Our outspoken and unspoken fears, they speed up our lives. Like a stone being thrown over a lake, We've learned, all of us, to skip so that we don't get too wet. And we're terrified that if we let the stone fall, we will disappear. And so we think that our speed will save us from the void. A teacher of ours once called that an avoid dance, avoidance. We dance around the security that is offered from touching what is underneath the speed. 
I've often wondered when I read about Shemitah, why the Torah tells us that if we keep Shemitah, the word used over and over again is lavetach, bitachon. On a simple level, God is assuring the Israelites that if they keep this difficult agricultural and economic practice, there will still be security. But it's so much deeper. There is security underneath the speed. There is security in our rest. There is bitachon. There is nourishment. Shemitah, as an operating system in life, asks you and me, are you really nourished working as hard as you're working? Are you really nourished going as quickly as you're going? Shemitah asks us if our rest is deep rest. And more deeply, can we let go of the obsession with finishing what can't be finished? The last piece, because there are at least 11 or 12 or 15 of these operating system values that are on the Chazon website, and I encourage you to go see them. But the last one, that is held in tension with this theology of presence, this theology of renewal, is something my friend Ari Wallach calls long path. Shemitah is a message about planning. Now, no, Rabbi, you just said that we have to be in the present moment, we have to rest, it's all about stopping. And all we do all day is plan. That's what we do. I was walking home with my son yesterday, and as we turn the corner on 90th Street, there's a, a fruit stand. Lovely guy named Saeed. He's there all the time selling fruit, and he knows Bear. Bear's three and a half. And Bear walks by and goes, Abba, let's ask Saeed for fruit. So I turn to Bear and I say, you know, sheepishly, but also wanting to get home, I say, Bear, I have no cash. And Bear says to me, that's okay, Abba. I have cash. And I thought to myself, what cash does he have? <laughs> if I don't have cash, he doesn't have cash. If I don't have cash, he doesn't have cash. If I didn't plan, if I didn't plan to bring money with me so that in the eventuality or the inevitability or who knows what, my son would want fruit from Saeed, it's not going to happen. People sit in my office and they say, Rabbi, you know something? I love Ramamu and you know something? I always love Shabbat and particularly now I love Shabbat. But you know, I'm going to have to figure out how to plan. You know, I'm gonna, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how it's going to work. You know, because come 6.30 on a Friday night, I don't know. So I think to myself, my father, my father worked hard. It wasn't easy. He never missed Friday night. Because from the minute Shabbat ended last week, my father was thinking, okay, how am I going to get my work done for Shabbat? Not because the work would be finished, but because he needed Shabbat. When we don't have a long path, we leave the house without cash. When we don't have a long path, when we're hurtling towards the eschaton, then we can, do, we can spend and use, and we don't have a vision. For what the Iroquois said, the seventh generation, what will be in the future? Shemitah says, if you want to keep Shemitah, guess what? It won't begin a week before Shemitah starts. 
you won't be able to you won't be able to be nourished and flourish from that gift. If you didn't prepare before Shabbat, it's so hard to have Shabbat. It's just another burden. It's just another thing to put on your list of never-ending responsibilities. The Shemitah operating system, the Shemitah paradigm, is an invitation to stop. And it's an invitation to plan. Plan to stop. I want to bless each and every one of you. You know, Shemitah will officially begin in September of 2014, Rosh Hashanah 2014. And our friends and partners at Chazon have done amazing work with Egal Deutscher and others to begin to seed figuratively and literally a consciousness that might change not only agriculture, not only our lives, but our shuls and our institutions. May God bless each and every one of you, and I know you're blessing me back. May God bless us, number one, to take a breath and really stop. And number two, let's make Shemitah, let's make Shabbat, let's make all of those things that nourish us, priorities in our lives, so that we're not left on the corner wondering, I could have had fruit, but I had no cash. Amen? Please rise.